Speaking of loss is not an easy thing to do. Why remind ourselves of our pain and our suffering? Indeed, why make a record of it? Why share the experience of losing someone so close? A bastion of her life. Tanya is an intensely social person. She is aware of the senses and sensations and tingles of living, pushing oneself towards fulfillment and pleasure requires such a deep understanding of will and passion and need. To open oneself up to such wonders as love, lust and wish leaves one open at the same time to a deep sense of loss, loneliness and isolation. Not everyone can understand those pleasures, especially when they allow a forced moral to guide that morality. Sometimes being brave means to stand alone. Sometimes being different means to lose friendship. Sometimes being open means to face those who are closed and unaware of their imperviousness. It means to feel pain openly, wholly and on occasion terribly. From that sense of hitting one's depths rises the will of the soul, the character and the demand, I will live. Those around me will live. We will remember those who have passed by leading a fuller existence to compensate, to balance, to respect the loss of one so deeply missed. Tanya speaks of how she is dealing with her father's passing. She laments how she was not ready to face it. How so few of us truly are. Yet why? When death is the only thing guaranteed in life, do we not speak of its coming? How do we not come to terms with the one event every life is bound to experience? Not every question has an answer. But this is not the last time we will speak of these issues. In the meantime, I will leave you with the immensity of Tanya's courage. I am in many ways happy to say that I'm joined again by the wonderful Tanya. Um, and though that is the case, Tanya, today's topic is going to be somewhat more sobering um, and of a very unique nature uh, owing to recent events um, and uh, for those I will initially uh, communicate my uh, sympathies and condolences um, however the the main essence and focus of today's talk is how you have managed to to deal with uh, the situation in which you find yourself um, and also the feelings that have washed through you. Um, and yeah, I'm very much um, looking forward to um, learning a lot 
uh, from that experience. So thank you for your courage in coming on and talking with me. Um, it's always lovely to have you. Thanks very much for your nice introduction, <laughs> Zach, even today. <laughs> I am very, very thankful and grateful um, that we can do this podcast today, which actually, I think this time was really me urging you <laughs> that we can talk about that, because I think it will help me in my recovery even though I believe if you lose a parent, um, the cover, the recovery process is a lifelong thing. Um, so yeah, for, for your, or for our audience, um, I, I lost my father three weeks ago. He, he died very unexpectedly. So, um, it's two things, my mom, my brother and I, and the rest of the family from both sides and friends had to deal with is that he's gone and that it had been so unexpected. Um, so no chance to say goodbye, actually. And that is the, um, <clears throat> like the reality I live in since three weeks. And the last three weeks were so so intense but also so mm, there were not only negative and devastating moments but also let's put it that way joy joyful maybe but happy moments um <clears throat> Yeah, and I had the feeling, I, I really had the feelings the last days when I came back from Italy where we had the funeral, um, that I wanted to share it with, with uh, yeah, with people because we do, when we are, when we are feeling good, you know, it's, it's easy to, to live life or to do a podcast if we are like on the top of the wave. You know what I mean? I don't even yeah. know if you say that in English we, like that. But yeah, we do. Yeah, you like you like you are all, you know, like I love talking about dancing, sensual talk, and this and that and interesting things. But this is and it's amazing because it's part of life. Um, and there are also other parts of life, and death is a part of life, and losing um people uh, we love or we care for is also part of life but we we don't see this or we don't we are not carrying this around with us all the time which is also good on one hand so you don't get depressed but um as for myself and i'm here sharing today really solidly my my points of view and people might have other opportunities and that's absolutely fine um did i say opportunities i meant opinions <laughs> you also have to bear with me because i in the last uh, three weeks i have some concentration <laughs> um like really concentration issues um um it's uh, sometimes for me hard to to focus um which i observe um which is getting better but i think it's it's um also due to the yeah i don't know how you would call it the the trauma 
that my father is gone now and everything which came up um, afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can also consider it the, the sudden loss, the, the, the surprise at finding yourself in a situation that, as you suggested, you completely had not expected and neither had any of your uh, close family. So, um, yeah. Know, I, I haven't lost a parent. Um, I am very thankful uh, to say. Um, so I can't um, completely share every sentiment that you have felt, but I have lost loved ones, grandparents. Um, and um, as you say, everybody has a has a way of uh, of dealing with these things. Um, what, uh, what? Okay, so you mentioned the two the two main um, hurdles, emotional hurdles that your family and you have been dealing with. Um, but for you personally, what is the, so there was joy as well as this deep pain um, that you have felt at the loss, because obviously you, I imagine, came together and and you spoke about the warm memories, um, because um, so much of, of what we remember about the people that we have loved um, is is the beauty of the memories that, the, that remain. Um, but of the entire um, last few weeks uh, that you've had to deal with, what overriding emotions can you explain? Mm, I would actually mm, turn to both sides. Like, maybe let me talk first about first of all about the thing like as you said like you, you said you didn't lose a parent and what i've been thinking about um lately is like nobody is preparing you for that you know i lost uh grandparents i lost dear friends i lost um aunties and uncles so i lost people i loved and i i i really cared about but that is to me personally um, the loss of my father now, the death of my father now is a whole different issue. I and I believe it's the same for like father or mother. Like yeah, I was really really asking myself, like, nobody is excuse my friend, French, nobody is fucking preparing you for the loss of a parent, which for me, just is like a whole different story. And maybe you could also include the loss of a sibling, um, like, you know, like the core family or um, mm. a child uh, or um, a partner, you know. I don't know. I think people are different here. Maybe also somebody would cry out loud now and say, like, I, I was devastating when my grandfather died. I think this is why I'm saying, like, every person has his and her own experience. But for me, it like it's like it touches your like your roots. I mean, it's a person who has been there for my entire life, and I will not ever see this person again in my life. And those are like thoughts. I am actually also now quite surprised that I'm able to say this like very calmly because um, last week when I was in Italy um, and I was sitting like endlessly by the sea 
and I had this thought, I was like crying out loud, you know, like, yeah. So, yeah, I, I have to admit from my side that when I have friends who lost a parent or both parents and I, I dealt with it, I will change the way I'm reacting when I will have people in my surrounding who are who are going to lose a, a father or a mother because for me it was a whole different story so I will pay much more attention now. And you know what I mean? Mm. It like it goes deeper and I really think it doesn't matter what kind of um uh relationship you had. Of course I had a ambivalent relationship to my father. Um because he was my father you know i mean we all have or i guess most of us have an ambivalent relationship to our parents because they are our parents um a friend of mine once cited i don't know whom it was like if you think you are enlightened you just go and spend an entire week with your parents because those are the people who raised you those are the ones who will always trigger you. You know what I mean? Mm. In the in the good and in the bad. It's always, it's always, there's always also a challenge. You know, there's lots of love and there's lots of challenge. At least it was with me, it was like that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, I mean, you, you raised these uh yeah, these very important issues and also, the the link that you sent me the other day to the uh, the podcast on the uh, sort of psychoanalytical uh, podcast. I'll also put a link to that into this uh, this podcast notes. From Eckhart Tolle, uh, you mean? Mm. Yeah, because mm. this this uh, you're exactly right. This concept of preparing uh, people to be able to <laughs> deal with uh, with the death and um, the loss of a loved one, especially, but preparing ourselves for our own passing as it were mm. um it's also extremely difficult but that's a different topic so we won't address mm. that today mm. but dealing with the loss of of somebody very close is very difficult for most people we don't want to uh, consider it we don't want to think about it it's it's something we push away even though in the back of our minds we know it's coming um it's as though we have in our minds this thought that if we think about it or talk about it we bring the event closer uh, and so it's almost mm -hmm. like by not discussing it mm. we will push it away D mm. does that make some kind of sense yeah 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 and i mean i i i know this i noticed this for myself i mean i started a couple of years ago to think about like okay how would i would how would i like to go or what would I like to uh, be done in uh, cases of this and this and this and that and I have that in my mind and I have that on my little agenda but I didn't take the time I'm, and I'm exactly saying it like purposely not I didn't have the time no I didn't take the time because you have to take time for things you know and I did not uh, and now I mean, what we've been talking so far is like the emotional side, you know, like when you lose um, a parent, but the 
organizational issues it's hilarious like it's 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 um i really have to say if i wouldn't have done the job i did in the last years um like with all the managerial skills like organizational skills i had there i don't know how i would have done that me personally like because then you you are thrown in a situation where like okay i don't even know the the english name for i didn't know that in english i didn't know the english name uh, in italian before as well i had to learn a new whole new terminology like like for example earn yeah mm, one yeah. uh, yeah. or um in english how would you say like uh, bestattungsunternehmen undertakers uh, Excuse me, undertakers, really? Yeah. Okay. That, okay. Yeah. So they also call them um, funeral parlors. Would this yeah. would be the the actual place where you go? But the the, uh, the job is undertaker. Yeah. Okay. Which is strange, isn't it? Because that's yeah. German Unternehmen is a business. <laughs> yeah. So the undertaker. So you you have to. I mean, you know, when when you are when somebody's found dead in in his or her apartment then then you have the whole you have the police coming you have to talk with the attorney attorney like the office of the attorney general is you know to check if, like it was a natural death or if somebody else was involved you know like if it's mm. murder murder so like they are standard operational procedures and then they are like also many different other standard operational procedures which you don't know if you haven't faced that or if you haven't had the time or didn't take the time to to think about it and i didn't take the time be before because i was like simply not in my mind and so talking to undertakers um deciding should should somebody be been burned or like do you want a, a funeral by urn or by by what's that burial burial cremation or burial and uh, in the case of my father as he's italian and we have uh, we have um, a family grave let's say in italy so it was clear that he had to been taken there you know like how is the whole procedure like what to let him wear at, at the like when you want to see him like because i i want i had to see him i i went with my brother uh and we took all the time we needed to sit there with him like to say goodbye you know like to understand for me the first 48 hours I was like a mental zombie. I was running around for two, two days, like with not understanding what had happened and seeing my father in the, what was the name, Zach? Of oh, the, um, the, the funeral parlor. In the, the funeral, at, yeah. at the morgue. Um, yeah, no, not at the morgue, no, no, at like the funeral the, parlor, okay. Yeah, that, that, me like for me personally it helped me it helped me to understand what had happened and it helped me to have a chance to then still say goodbye mm. you know and yeah but um it was 
a horror for me like standing in the in the sleeping room of my father and like when the undertakers called and said like okay you could come in like three hours to say goodbye uh, but we need something to wear so like somebody's coming in half an hour can you give this person whatever we should put on your father and I was standing there I was like all in tears I was devastating I was like talking out loud to him I was like I don't have a fucking clue what you would want to wear I just don't know uh, but I was forced to to take decisions so I took decisions I was running around and I was taking the things and I was like okay I think he would like to have would have liked that to wear that for the, some other things I knew yeah like he liked to have hats to wear hats so I choose a hat and everything so you know like you have this like at, at least with me it was I took decisions on behalf of somebody else in this case of my father but I didn't know if this would be the right decisions for him you know and and for me this was a very important experience because and when I was talking like in the last three weeks also to other friends and family members who had lost uh, somebody dear, it's like every little thing you decide, we decide, I decide before I die makes it easier for the loved ones who stay behind. You know, and it was the very first time in my life that I heard of people who have a hand baggage, like a hand, like a, a suitcase, the size of a hand luggage prepared in their house with the things they want to wear when they are buried or what they want to take with them. You know, I never heard that before, Zach, because mm. I never, I never talked about it. It was not part of my reality, you know, and I could imagine they are like maybe also people are listening now and they were like, like yeah, sure, I have that as well. That is no news to me, you know, like, but for me, that was new, you know, and every, every little thing, like if you have, do you have a, 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 a testament? You say that in English? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, um, a will. Yeah. A will, yeah. If you have a last will let people know that you have a last will you know like and like if you if like in the in the case of my father he told us that he wanted to be like cremated um but it was then us that we decided that we would bring him to the family grave in italy we never had talked explicitly about that in the past but as all the, all the family members with the same family name are there, so like we decided to bring him there, you know. Um, uh, and then you have all this. I know I'm jumping a bit in the topics, but and um, you know, then you sit there. I was sitting there with my mom in this in this. Uh, undertaker's office and then there was okay he should be cremated burnt burnt yeah um so you need to choose an urn and they put five cat catalogs in front of us here you can choose 
So I, I you know, there are like there's one sur surreal um, situation after the other. So I was like, ah, thank you. So and then we were sitting there, looking through catalogs, choosing an urn for my dad. I, I was really literally thinking that when and saying it out loud when I when I was sitting there. You know, it's like, hey, usually you, I don't know, choose. Furniture, yeah, or mm. I don't know, shirts or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, and so you are thrown all along on a continuous, um, continuously in new situations. And yeah, it's quite a challenge, I'd say. Yeah, and it's, I, mm? please. Now, I just wanted to say and then. To come on the positive, to the po maybe also to some positive aspects, is like, and if you have support in this phase, that's amazing. And and another thing I learned is that, like in the past, when somebody died, I gave my con condolences and then I stepped back. I said, like, I will let people grieve and give them time and give them space. And because for sure everybody's going, you know, at them, I will not do that again as of today. Because every little thing I received in the last three in the last three weeks they were so helpful for example there is this tradition of cooking food and bringing food to the to the house like to the family to the house where where somebody died you know yeah. um at least in italy it's like that but i think also in germany in some parts they they do that and uh And in the past, I was thinking, it's it's a it's a nice, it's a warm gesture, but I was also thinking like that will not help, you know, like bringing some food or whatever. And now I know, yeah, it helps so much because sometimes even going to the groceries is is you have the feeling like it's going up the Himalaya. Because there are like so many new things coming uh, on top of the all the emotional issue, like yeah, issues you are you are you are having or you are dealing with. So I had friends of mine who were checking in with me on a daily base, on a daily base. Even a line, I'm thinking of you. I'm sending you positive thoughts or how are you today or like uh, this uh, little signs, you know, like uh, a little heart or whatever that they gave that gave me a smile. And it was so nice because I didn't always have the time and not also the, 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 the power, the strength to reach out to everybody. So, yeah. I had I had close friends. I had my I like call them soul sisters. I had my heart persons who they were there. And that was amazing. 
to feel yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you know, in many ways, it's um, it, it makes you really think um, about everyday life, as you said, that you, you know, not being prepared, but also not you didn't have the chance to say goodbye. Um, the opportunity to communicate love uh, and affection. Um, and you mentioned right there that you you appreciated so greatly the, the contact of your friends. Um, I mean, we can also take the time to communicate with uh, people who are close to us um, when a tragedy hasn't befallen them. The, the ability to communicate sentiments uh, instantaneously now um, is there. And, it, you know, perhaps we should preach to those around us to take that opportunity to ask, how are you? To live life almost as though it, were the, it could be the last day. Um, you know, I think these are always, you know, sort of fruitful uh, concepts for us to to consider. I don't have a bag ready, uh, Tanya, for when I go. Me neither. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I. Whenever I play cards with my dad, um, you know, there's there's a part of the game where you know you try to save the best cards for the end, and then when when the you know when the trump card is played and your best card is taken with you, my dad always he asks, "What? Where where were you going to take it? Were you taking it with you?" you know? <laughs> And yeah. uh, and this is a kind of concept that, um, you know, it comes from that old wisdom. You know, when we pass, we take nothing with us. Yeah. Um, so I, I wonder whether or not this bag idea is more a reflection of exactly the suffering that you had to go through in the aftermath of organizing things. I mean, this isn't an old aged um, tradition of having a bag. This is a more modern thing of, I don't want my loved ones to have to, you know, go through all of my underwear and stuff when I'm, you know, uh, when I've passed, then here's the bag. You just pick this up. You know where it is. Yeah, yes, let's exactly. not think about it. It makes um, it easier. It's not it's exactly like when we go, we don't take anything, but you make it easier for those who stay. That is it. You don't do it for yourself. That, that's that's the interesting thing is like everything we do we prepare we organize with regard to our own death we are not doing that for us we are doing that for those who are staying and who have to take care of us the procedure um once we are gone and that is something which struck me because i always like I think I don't know I, because I really didn't give a lot of thought to that. Like I, but I, I have the feeling I thought like, like my death is like my it's it's my thing, my personal thing, you know. Like, but what happens after one dies, after one dies, yeah, um, is th that is what really struck me. I mean, there is a lot of the whole entire system put in place, you know, uh, and laws and everything like 
Like when I wait, when I took the urn of my father, uh, uh, I had to sign like I don't know many papers that I'm taking the responsibility that I will go to exactly this town and this uh, graveyard that he will be buried there, and then I had to bring like uh, stamped and signed uh, papers back from Italy and show it here, like you know. And if this is not happening within six weeks, then uh, I don't know what will happen, you know. So there is like. There's an entire structure which is also good because it helps, but but it's also overwhelming. But there are also things which are not yet not not anymore. There is the, the tradition, like there are still some traditions, but you could also choose how you want it. And all these possibilities we can or options we we could have, it makes it difficult, you know, for those like. If you are grieving over the death of somebody and then you have to take all this decision, it's like uh, sometimes it's really unbearable and it makes it easier. This this back makes it not like we are not taking anything. I'm absolutely with you, but it makes it easier for those who stay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you haven't even started to talk about um, in life insurance or death insurance, as it were. Um, you haven't started to talk about the, the bank accounts and yeah. any kinds of assets yeah. that need yeah. to be transferred. I mean, yeah. I know people who have to deal with these things too um, uh, quite recently. And, you know, sometimes some banks, they really don't know what they're doing. And it's mm -hmm. it's just one horror on top of the major horror that you've had to deal with. Mm. And, you know, you just scream into the into the abyss, basically, why is this system like this? Mm. You know, I want to mourn my loved one. I do not want to speak to bloody accountants all day long. Mm. Um, yeah, it's there could be ways of making things easier, I guess. But then, um, yeah, so many, so many things that you you bring in um, your use of the term sort of standard operating procedure. I mean, you know, this is something that I'm sure most people probably have only experienced much like myself, you know, by reading. Um, but I mean, you've lived it, so you kind of kick into gear. Um, you know, when you when you are trained within a certain situation, whether that is dealing with emergencies or dealing with uh, sort of troubled uh, waters, you you kind of go into autopilot. I, I kind of have a feeling that's what you meant when you said you were walking around for two days like a zombie. Um, it's like you were doing everything on autopilot. Um, yeah. But there are lots of people who have no concept of what a standard operating procedure really is what they have to do and um, it's tough if you are not prepared to deal with it yeah especially specifically because you think you have it's all overwhelming and you you think you have to do and decide everything at once and what I have learned in my life and what I really was saying day in day out within the last three weeks i can only do one step after the other and that is what made me breathe one step after the other and that is something i really learned in my job like you can plan the hell out of everything and sometimes it's really helpful 
but uh, in this case i couldn't i couldn't like i had i don't know how many people asking me questions and how about this and how about that my family in italy was waiting of course when are you coming how are we going to do this and i was like always i don't know I don't know. I have to see. I have to look at that tomorrow or the day after. For today, this and this are the steps I can take. This and this are the steps I'm going to take. And I cannot take more than that. It's simply not possible. And and um, and that helped me a lot. It was like my mantra. It was really like my mantra. Like I do step one step after the other. One and if it's baby steps, I do one step after the other, and that is what worked for me. Not to freak out, like, and um, even I was like more vulnerable and on emotional level because when I when I had um, difficult situation during my work life, then I wasn't. Emo I was emotionable, emotionally stable, you know, and that is a big difference. But if you lose somebody, like your parent, that that, that, go that goes deep, 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 deep. And I think it goes so deep, I don't even know yet. I, I mean, if we talk about recovery processes, healing processes, that is, for me, a, sit a lifelong situation, you know. No. I don't know if I answered your question <laughs> or you, my yeah, it wasn't really a question. No, it was yeah, like it's an, actually it was a, you're right. It was a comment. <laughs> so it was an, an invitation. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, so yeah. I uh I took the invitation. Yeah. I I remember when um a number of memories. So first of all, when my okay, well, the passing of my grandfather came when I was uh, 18, um, and that was a, again a shock. Um, and he had five daughters. So my mum has four sisters, mm. and um, and her, you know my grandmother was alive at the time, and the the whole family came together, and we spent about I think it was a week, where every day um, everybody would turn up. Um, at the home with um, food prepared, mm -hmm. and yeah, my grandmum would uh, would sort of sit there in the middle of the chair in the middle of the living room, um, and everybody would sort of buzz around her. Mm -hmm. um, and her she had her daughters with her, mm -hmm. um, and I, I can't imagine how much strength she must have taken from the, the presence of uh, of her kids. Mm -hmm. um, but she, you know, she was extraordinary in in her own way. And then, and then when she passed, and I saw her in the state that you refer to with uh, when you with your brother, you went to see uh, your, your father in the funeral parlor. Mm. You know, I remember also when my mum and her sisters they talked, uh, they went to meet to get to choose what she would wear. Um, I believe I wasn't there, but I believe they also took that as an opportunity to reminisce, to talk about what she liked, what was mm -hmm. important for her. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I imagine this was quite uh, a therapeutic uh, experience for them. And I also remember on the day of her, um, well, when we went to see uh, my grandmother lying there, 
Um, but on the day of the funeral, it was she was so beautiful. She, you know, she looked so much at peace. And um, it, it's interesting, isn't it? What we what we actually take from those final moments too. Um, how, how how did you and how did your family sort of uh, uh, approach that side of things? When my father died, it made me mourn and grieve on the one hand side. And on the other hand side, it made me even more um, conscious about the fact that I am alive. And which opportunity this gives to me every single day. So I had this immense um, wish of celebrating life, and I don't need—I don't mean with—I ce- really mean celebrating. I'm—I do not mean partying life, you know, like, uh, and to spend it with um, dear people, and also to talk about. Um, in a positive way, not like in a joyful, positive way about my father. So let, let me jump. When when I like I go every I go every year to Italy and I visit the graves of my grandparents and everybody and my um, uncle. And uh, the first years when I lost my grandparents, every time I went there, I was in tears because I've lost them. And then there was a certain time when I was still having tears in my eyes, but out of gratitude. It changed. There was not the sadness anymore, like overwhelming sadness, but there was like a deep, deep gratitude that this person had been in my life, that this woman was my grandmother, this man was my grandfather, this man was my uh, uncle, you know? And this was, to me, such an interesting and such an important experience, which I I took with me, like, I, I have it in me since years, you know, like, not only to mourn about the loss of whoever or whatever, but to be grateful that I had the chance to have this person in my life. And it is quite strange, but with my father, I had this like in parallel. So for example, um, my mom is from the Balkans and what they do there in some regions is after they have the funeral, the mass and the funeral ceremony, they all go together like the closest the close family and friends they go and eat they go in a restaurant and they eat and on the head of the table they leave the seed for the one who is dead i I have that when my when my when one of my aunties died we we did we did that and i and i was there so and then they put a, a photograph of the that person there and there's everything there, and they they put they pour water and wine and um, whatever um, uh, whichever dish is put on the table, they put a bit of it in this on on the plate of this person who is not there anymore. And this is not about 
this whole going to a restaurant and having food together is not about eating, but it is about celebrating that person, that this person was in, in all our lives. And that is not something that, and I really like this because it is a positive, it's a nice way of keeping somebody in your heart and in your mind, you know? And of course, some tears were pouring down, but there were also laughter. There were, there were, that was to me, that was a, a moment of life and death, like at the same time. And it was, It was bearable. It was nice. And so I really wanted to do something like this for my father because he had uh, one of his favorite restaurants down there. And it was also quite a discussion because to some people it might seem alienating. Like, oh my God, we just buried your father and you want to go out in a restaurant which which one is doing to celebrate something positive but to cut a long story short we did it and Zach it was an amazing evening it was such a nice evening and everybody afterwards said so like for everybody part of my mother and me was the first time um And we have been, we have not been more than 10 people, but it, we, we talked a lot about my father, about his good parts, about his flaws, about 50 years ago, about now, about Germany, about Italy, about like everything, about music, like it was Yeah, it was nice. And I don't know if it sounds strange to use this word if it comes like nice, you know, um, if it comes to a funeral or funeral celebration. But it was, it was, yeah, I, I was so happy that we did that. Mm. Yeah, I, I've, in my wiser years, I think it's fair to say I've come to accept the fact that people would use different terms. And what what may, for me, 20 years ago have been difficult to understand. Now I I'm far more in a position to empathize with the choice of words. So um, it's not that we should necessarily look at a dictionary translation or explanation of what the term is but we have to try to appreciate the use of that term within the individual scenario it is being used to describe. Um, so I understand what you mean. Um, it's, it's a part of a process and, and that particular event was a, a means for you, I suppose also uh, to, in, to sort of introduce the importance of your mum's culture mm. to the process, which, which let's not forget, is a culture that your father married into. Yeah. So therefore, it was a part of his existence as well. Um, and I think it's, it's wonderful to be able to sort of reassure your mum that in, in the passing of her partner, um, her children remembered that uh, the joining of cultures. Yeah. Very nicely put. 
and I mean, talking also about the the decision for um, for cremation. Um, do you sense that this is a process where the physical and the spiritual combine? Is this um, a, a means for the separation of these of these two? So the earthly vessel and the spirit. Um, uh, did this play a role in your decision making, or, or or was this perhaps something different? Hmm. Um, I will answer, but my, <laughs> in my way, <laughs> the longer, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, I went to the, to the undertaker's office to, to pick the urn of my father and my, my mom and I, we had, we choose an urn, but the, there's like the ashes, they come in a separate vessel which is sealed you know mm -hmm. so and then this sealed vessel this goes into the into the urn which you can see from the outside so when i came when i when i when i arrived uh at the undertaker's office there was like the urn this 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 vessel the sealed vessel was on the table and then uh, on another table there was the urn and she was looking at me and it was like uh, because I was like, okay, this is th this is like my father's vessel, and she was like, yeah. And then he looked at me. So I'm sorry. I don't know. Is this okay if that you see this? So in she's a very professional one, and I could tell in the way she was treating me and behaving with me that she also had very different kinds of reaction before. And I was like observing myself during the entire time and I didn't have any uh, Berührungsängste. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how you would say that in English. Um, mm, Berührung is like move, movement, moving feelings. Um, no, so it's like I didn't have any problem with the vessel and the urn of my father right in front of me in this office on that table, you know? Mm -hmm. I was not screaming out loud, running around or like, like I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, and I'm going to take this and we need to pack this so that nothing happens to the to the urn. I don't want it to be damaged. Not in a cold way, but in like, in a, I don't know, in a pragmatic way. And I, and I put the vessel and I was referring to, like I was putting the urn and I was referring the urn to the urn to as my father, I was bringing him to my car, driving with him back here to uh, uh, to Frankfurt, and then I brought him to Italy, and so I, I I didn't have a problem with carrying this urn around with me. Actually, it was it I, I i put it like i i bought some flowers and i arranged everything in my my living room you know like so that it's a nice ambience for him or for example as i as for me is it's quite important like we talked about that that the sea the ocean has a very very powerful very deep meaning for myself so when i arrived in italy the first thing i did was not going to my auntie's house I went straight to the sea and I left everything in the car. The only thing I took with me was the bag with the urn. Mm -hmm. 
because I didn't want to leave the urn behind. So there I was sitting on the corso, on the promenade, on a little on a little wall, um, watching the sea, having the urn of my father next to me. And it didn't like it was. It's, it's not a natural <laughs> situation, you know, but it wasn't an alienated situation either. It was just the situation. You know, and I realized that also afterwards in this moment, I just did what was good for me. And it was sitting by the sea and it didn't feel good to leave the urn behind. So I was taking it with me. And then later, when I brought it to my auntie's house and I told my family that, they were like, okay, interesting, you know, mm. and um and yes, I experienced like in southern Italy, it's not a tradition to use urns. And so when you have, for example, the, the mess, then you have the coffin in the middle of the church, you know. So and and it was very difficult. I could see this. There was family members who were struggling to see the urn and saying, like, how can an entire person fit into that? Coming now back to your question, <laughs> um, you know, so but I didn't see it like I, 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 I didn't. I, I, I don't know. For me, it was now like that. OK, so it didn't make me think. that that's like the the rest like the, the 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 rest of like the ashes of a human being and it didn't make me um desperate or i don't know it's um but but um it was so uh out of the box for this region down there, like that the priest, when he had his speech, was actually also talking about that, you know, like that we don't always have the chance to have a coffin. And sometimes when people have a have a, an accident and then yeah, you are torn apart into pieces, that still this person has the right to be buried in a in a nice and decent way or in a traditional way or however this person would have liked it or the family would have liked it to be, you know, and that it's not dependent on having a, an entire dead body in a coffin. You get me? Yeah, no, I, 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 it, I, I, I do. It, no, I just I, I, because I really can't tell if it's possible to follow me still because I have the feeling that I'm going from right to left and up and down and <laughs> no. changing topic again. Yeah. No, no, so no. Um, yeah. So for me, it was more. I and I, at a at a certain point, I was a bit like because they kept saying this a lot. Like, how can a hu entire human being like end up, you know, in an urn? And I was like. For, for me, I don't see it like this. Mm. I don't know. I like, and I mean, everybody is allowed, and everybody should see it 
the way he or she sees it. Um, but I think if you ask 20 people, you get 20 different answers with regard to coffin or an urn or, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, as you say, it's deeply personalized. Some people I, I can envisage how in such a, a traditional area or village or town in Italy, in the south of Italy, for people, this would be extremely uncommon yeah uh, as a means yeah yeah, as as a means of um, saying goodbye to somebody on their last voyage Uh, and so for them it may have been um, a challenge to to understand Um, but yeah I I mean it's also quite old as a as a tradition uh, to cremate uh, you know, mm. warriors, you mm. know, if I yeah. remember correctly, yeah. and also sometimes on a floating platform too. Yes. And then, yeah, and this is the way, this is the way it's, it's always been, um, and it's just different. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, re- I remember the, the little clip that you sent um, of you sitting by the sea, and um, when you communicated the yeah, the loss um, in, in a bit more detail. Um, mm. And the, when I came to understand exactly what had transpired, um, I, I remember how you had said before how close you are uh, to the sea, the, you know, the, the sort of natural body of water that there is there, and how you've shared so many emotions, you know, through it. It didn't come as a huge surprise thereafter to see that um, this would have been one of your one of your stops on that path. Yeah, I was really, really sick. I, when I arrived, I took a car at the airport. I went straight to the to the sea, and it was also the last thing I did. I said goodbye to everyone, and then I took the car, went to the sea. I said goodbye to the sea. I took some breathless I, I I sat there and then I went back to the airport and in between I was like going sometimes three times a day from the city to the sea it's like a 15 hours a 15 minutes drive so it's not a big deal and even if I was there for half an hour and a day I, I went there like in the night midnight after we've We've been sitting together, and I was—I remember in that week last week was full moon. So you, I had the the full moon above me. I had the sea in front of me. Um, yeah, it was pitch dark, a part of the moon. Um, and it is for me. It is I'm. I was able to charge myself, and that is, I believe. Uh, no, it's not that I believe. I know it's another message I would like to convey today is really like it's about you like when you lose somebody then you have to do what's good for you and I really didn't care if they're like like my family knows me so for them it was like yeah 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 go go to the sea we know where you are you just come back then and then you know like so um it's about doing what's good for you in order to recover and to heal. And and there, 
for me, if we have, we talked before about SOPs, about standard operational procedures, when it comes to recovery and healing journeys, there are no standard operational procedures. That's all on the individual level. You know, and for me, it was a lot. I went every morning, every single morning. I got up, I went to the sea for half an hour, for 10 minutes, for 15 minutes, for an hour. I don't know. Before I did anything else, that is where I went. That was my battery charger. Mostly I went also in the evening. And so what's the sea for me? That is, I don't know what for other people, you know. And that is really what I like to as I stressed before this, like, get organized for your departure, not for your own sake, but for the sake of the, the beloved ones you leave behind. It's like when you are mourning and, uh, and grieving a loss, you have to take care of yourself in the way which is good for you. And for example, for me, it's also moving myself, like feeling life in my body you know like continuing doing sports going to the sauna dance and i am explicitly saying and mentioning this here because i know like there are very many traditions around um, um mourning a loss you know like not doing anything uh, all in black and so on and I have been dancing. I went to dance during the last three weeks because I needed to feel me and because for me it's part of my recovery and healing journey and it does me so good. You know, and if there are people around who say like, her dad is dead and she's... Uh, already going out dancing nobody told that said that to me nobody i had i had actually i had the other reactions like people saying that they think it's the the right way to do and that they are some said that they are proud on the way i'm doing it so um they were carrying me you know but I mean, those were my friends who were saying that. So there's a reason why they are my friends, maybe because we're like-minded people. Um, and I'm sharing this here because I really think whatever does you good, do that because it is your recovery. And it's not important what others think, think or believe or do. Everybody should have the right and the possibility and the opportunity to heal in the way he or she needs it as long as nobody else gets hurt and you don't hurt yourself you know i rather go out in the evening and have some nice dances and connection with life with other human beings than to sit in i don't know in my apartment and i, I don't know killing a bottle of vodka i I, I don't know, you know, it like that it, for me, that is more just that is destructive. Um, yeah, yeah, for me, it was quite important to to also share this. Um, um, here, yeah. yeah. 
It, it's courageous, uh, Tanya, because as you say, there is a wealth of tradition um, behind you where the expectation is that you will mourn. I mean, the Armenian tradition is that, mm -hmm. you know, the family mourns for, they wear black for 40 days. Yes. Um, and the widow would wear black for a year. Yes. I believe. Um, this is a very old fashioned tradition. Mm. And generally speaking, as you say, it is it it would be it would come as a shock to most traditionalists if any yes. member of the family thereafter went dancing because dance yes. is connected to celebration and happiness. But there are other cultures where there is a dance of death, I believe. Yes. Where, you know, and this is to celebrate that final battle um, that, um, you know, I suppose there is a spiritual element to it because thereafter. You know, they've left the life on this planet, but that's not the end of it. There is another journey that has to be undertaken and that dance helps them through that other journey too. So there are so many different ways of um, approaching death. And as you say, um, you have to do what's right for you. It's very subjective. Um, I, mm. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to judge. Um, I, I find it... Yeah, it's it's courageous. It's not easy for everybody to do that. You sometimes see in other people's eyes that they may be judging those mm -hmm. actions, but you have to do what you have to do. Yeah. And and I have to say also that I've been thinking also lately, if this had to happen, um, it's good that it happened now and not five or ten years before. Because five or ten years before, I wouldn't have known what to do to do good to me, you know. Like yeah. I, I, I think I would have been ten years ago for sure. Five years ago, maybe also I've been all about. I would have been all about drama and destruction and maybe guilt and not daring and not no not daring to take care of myself because of not knowing yet exactly what i need you know and and i am so grateful and i'm so thankful that i i am at a stage of my life where i know what i need to be good uh um psych on a psychological level on a physical level on an emotional level that i i don't have problems to say i need support i need somebody around me um for example i'm one like if like like on the normal <laughs> uh on the normal or un under other th circumstances i'm I go out also on my own if I want to go to dance, but the the this in the last two three weeks when I went, I never went alone. I always took somebody with me because I didn't know how it would react. I could have I could have had a breakdown, bursting out in tears. I I, I just didn't know. So I took care of myself while asking somebody could you please accompany me be by my side not babysit me just enjoy your evening but that i know 
if I need something, I need to, I need a shoulder, I need to go home, that there's somebody beside me I can turn to and, and this person would help me and take care of me. I wouldn't have done that 10 years ago. I would have thought I need to do it all alone. And that's, uh, that in itself is, uh, is an important reminder. Um, nothing is so, so far gone um, with regards to an individual's existence that they would have to do things alone. Um, even if people have spent years isolating themselves, pushing friends and loved ones away, um, it's never impossible to um, re-establish connections mm. when there is a need. I can imagine in your case that was this isn't necessarily the case. Uh, I'm, I know that you have some wonderful um, friends and um, people close by you. I mean, from our discussions, that's quite clear. Um, it's important to reach out. It's important to have people there just sometimes even to not speak, just to listen, just to yeah. to smile at, uh, yeah. you know, exchange, a, exchange a moment. And that is actually the thing I am, like, this, like maybe this is the third important message for me or, or lesson learned. No, no, it's not a lesson learned. It's actually a message like that, that I'm so, so thankful and grateful for all the support I had for every every single dance which made me smile and feel, made me feel alive for all my friends and all my family who stood beside me, for all the little gestures, the small ones and the big ones. And I just wanted also to take this this uh, yeah our talk this podcast to 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 state this because it really meant the world to me and it made things bearable more bearable yeah tanya um what can i say uh, thank you for sharing these uh, these deep thoughts these feelings this experience this very personal experience uh, the messages that you you have conveyed um i i imagine that in our future talks we will also make reference um to some of the feelings that perhaps even at this moment um have not found expression i'm sure mm -hmm. there are many um things inside you that uh, still require thinking about chewing over um, and you know in the days and weeks to come they will yeah. come out and they will emerge too um, but I'm I'm grateful that you took the time to speak with me um, and through this um, for you to be able to then say to all of those people who express their uh, their condolences but also at the same time their love and respect for you um, then it's wonderful that they can hear you state your appreciation for that. Yeah, thanks a bunch for giving me the opportunity, Zach. <laughs> thanks.
Always. Always, always. Um, the Armenians say there's a word or a sentence that they say, um, which are translated, that means, um, may life be for those who remain. Um, and essentially that is what you have done. So one life has passed, but those that remain then have the responsibility of living their lives. Yes. And this is often very easy to forget, especially at the height of emotion of having lost somebody. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I, I wish you uh, to continue along the path of the courageous path that you have already undertaken. And I'm hopeful that uh, you will continue to be an example in that way. Very kind. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Take care, Tanya. Yeah, you too. Bye bye.